In today's show, it's time to look at the Western Conference and the over-unders and win projections for all the teams there. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and whatever your favorite team is. Maybe it's the Philadelphia Flyers. Maybe it is the Boston Celtics. Maybe it is the San Antonio Spurs. We have a podcast to cover that. So make sure you are checking out that show for your favorite and your local teams. We are, yesterday we did Eastern Conference over-unders. Today we're doing Western Conference. Um, I'm going to do an award projection show at some point as well. And then tomorrow are some real big ones, rotation projection shows, which are people really, really interested in, especially today with the final cuts being made to rosters and getting an idea of trying to work out how the rotations are going to go. That'll be coming tomorrow. And then we're into the season coming up after that. So before we get into talking Western Conference uh, over-unders, shout out to um, Luke and Adam. Mate, you guys, these are these are two young kids who have been using Basketball Monster uh, getting into fantasy, listening to the show. Um, their dad's been yeah, just slightly encouraging them in there. But Luke and Adam, hope you guys kill your draft and uh, and take out uh, one of you guys take out the victory in that league that you're in with your mates. All right, let's uh, let's go and have a look now at uh, the Western Conference. We're looking at the over/unders over there. So let's do it. We'll start with the Dallas Mavericks. The Western Conference is pretty tough, I, I think. Now, the Eastern Conference, I think. I don't know if it's quite quite pushed up to the level of the West. It's definitely improved, and it might actually be close to it. But I mean tough in the Western Conference, in tough to project, because there is a bunch of teams that could all be like within a game or two in the middle rung there. So you've got a couple of standouts, I think, at the top, and then maybe like eight teams, nine teams, who all could be within one or two games. So it's insanely competitive there. They've also got some absolutely shitfulness down the bottom, uh, much like the East does. But there's a lot of competition in those middle rungs with very, very little to separate them. And Dallas is one of those teams. I looked at Dallas and went, all right, Luka Doncic, great. Kristaps Porzingis, he's taking another step forward. Um, yeah, one year removed from Achilles surgery, Dwight Powell, he could be useful for them defensively. Um, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock is a shooter. All that stuff's good. Then I went, oh, they've got Jason Kidd. So I had to institute a kid tax on the over-under, even though I, I think they can be a 50-win team. I had to put a kid tax on there. So I've given them 48 and 34. Unfortunately, their over-under comes in at 48 and a half. So it doesn't look like it's a great bet either way. Now, because it is a Jason Kidd coach team, I'd probably lean the under because it will be some bullshit that he throws out during the year that frustrates me. But in saying that, he was you know, probably above expectations in his first year in Milwaukee, above expectations in his first year in Brooklyn. It's just that it all went to shit after that. So I've got them at 48 and 34, the Dallas Mavericks. Again, really, really tough to project this whole conference. And uh, they're one of the teams that uh, sit up there as being annoyingly tough to project as well. The Denver Nuggets. Their over-under sits at 47.5. I'm actually going with 48 and 34 for Denver as well. Yes, Jamal Murray may not play a game in the regular season. But after he went down last year, the Nuggets were the number one team in the NBA. 
They were fine without him. Now, that didn't happen in the playoffs, but this has nothing to do with the playoffs. They've got the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Will Barton is healthy. Maybe a little punch from Bones Highland, bringing in some you know, capable you know, forward depth in Jeff Green. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, more familiar with the system as well. I think they can still be really good, and I think they can push to 50. The problem is if they get an injury, like if Porter is down or if Jokic gets hurt, then they're cooked. They've got no chance because they don't have that backup of Murray coming in to help keep them afloat. So while I've got them marginally over the over-under of 47.5, it's razor thin. Like the, the margin for error is really short, was really small with this team because one of those injuries can really screw them up. Um, they don't have that additional layer of depth that they would have had had Jamal Murray been there. And then the thing is, if they do stumble out of the gate, I don't think they'll push Murray to come back. Whereas if they are sitting top three, top four, then Murray will be like, oh, I'm getting back. Let's get into full shape, ready for the playoffs. Whereas if they're 10th, they might just say, right, Jamal, just be ready for next season. Don't push it. Don't need to force it. Just get the rehab going. Give yourself an extra four months and then be absolutely rearing, ready to go at the start of 22-23. But that's just a theory. All right, let's look at the Golden State Warriors. Another one which is tough. They're over under 47 and a half. And you know, when I looked at this, I projected them at 44 and 38. That's an improvement from last year, but they've looked so good in the preseason. Yes, Clay Thompson has to come back. They're playing without James Wiseman. That's probably why they're playing better, to be honest. Uh, Wiseman's still a fair way away from coming back. So is Clay, to be honest. But guys like Jordan Poole, Otto Porter, Nemanja Bilica, they're playing at a really high level for this squad. And I look at that 47.5. It is high, but they could win 50 games. I don't think they do, but they could. So I've got them as, as a solid under here in terms of where the, my projection sits versus where the over-under is, but I don't feel good about it because I look at how well they've been playing. and They've, been, they've just been chucking up like 63s a game. Like They're just bombing, and they're going in. Porter, Poole, Curry, these guys are shooting a ton of threes, and they're going in at a really high rate. Um... And then, of course, you've got you know, Draymond doing his thing defensively. They've been really good. I would still take the under. I wouldn't feel super confident about betting it. More confident than, say, Dallas and Denver, but um, not quite as confident as yeah, being three and a half wins under projection as you'd think I would be. But I'll tell you what I am confident in, and that is prize picks. Have you heard about prize picks? It is a daily fantasy made easy. It's Love it. It's very easy to use. What it is, it gives you the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePick offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operators and offers all of the superstar players as well as the bench players who only play those handful of minutes each game. PrizePicks offers any prop you can think of, yardage, touchdowns, assists, blocks, points, threes, whatever it is you want, they have got that there. And everyone who goes in and deposits, they get a 100% instant match deposit up to 100 bucks if you use our promo code, which is just simply NBA. You pick two to five players in PrizePicks, and you go over-under whatever their projection is, which makes sense given we're doing an over-under show here. You can win up to 10 times on an entry, 10 times your uh, your outlay on, on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected number. You don't have to worry about going up against somebody else. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries as well. You can take Brady touchdowns over-under versus Le- and LeBron points and put those two together. Use their award-winning app or their website. Entries can be made in 60 seconds. Withdrawal is fast, safe, and easy. So go to pricepicks.com or download the app. Use the promo code NBA and get that 100% match deposit up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh you down. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free. 
Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stress of everyday life, there is no substitute for Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 sporting clubs like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. All right, let's move on to the next team now. We're looking at the Houston Rockets, who have got an over-under set at 25 and a half. That seems wildly high. This team is going to be bad. Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are a young backcourt trying to figure it out. There is going to be lots of mess there. The frontcourt has a nice solid contributor in Daniel Tice and Christian Wood, but maybe we'll see Shingun move into a larger role there. Eric Gordon and Daniel House may not be long for this team. John Wall's already not playing. They're really young. They're going to have some excitement, but there's going to be some dreadful games. 25 and a half for a team that is not trying to win. There's just no way to me. Like They're, they're closer to 20 than they are 26. That, I've got them at 23 and 59 for this upcoming season. There'll be some definitely some good moments, but there will be some atrocious performances. And yeah, whether Silas can keep this group together through that sort of stuff remains to be seen. Green is going to be good. Or he's, going to, he's going to show flashes of being good, but not enough to push this roster um, over 25 and a half wins. There's, I just don't see any way that that can be a realistic outcome for where this Rockets team sits for this season. Let's go to the next team, and that is the Clippers. They're at 45 and a half. Yes, Kawhi Leonard is not going to play this year, but they're still a really good team. Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe. There's a bunch of veterans here. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be anywhere near as good as what they would be if they had Kawhi. And I do have them actually projected to go under that 45 and a half at 44 and 38, but they're still going to be pretty solid. I think that anyone riding the Clippers off this year is probably going to be a little bit uh, disappointed in the end. But some really, really interesting numbers. Um, yeah, I, I do lean marginally under that 45 and a half because obviously Kawhi's a gigantic gap in that rotation. But Terrence Mann could take a big step up. Bledsoe could recover some level of form from what we saw last season. There's, there's a way that they get to 46 or 47 pretty easily. I don't think they do, but they could very easily get to that area. Let's look at the Lakers. This one's going to be the most controversial that I've got, I reckon. They're over under set at 52 and a half. I've got them at 47 and 35. I, I just, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy the combination working that consistently of Davis, Westbrook, and LeBron. I have the worry of all three of them potentially getting hurt. If one of them goes down, if two of them go down, they're done, they're cooked. And all three of those guys missed significant time last season. That might not happen this year for sure. But then you've already lost Trevor Ariza and Taylor Horton Tucker. You've got injury worries with Malik Monk. And you're going to be relying upon Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Austin Reeves. Like these guys are going to be in the rotation. You may be going to be playing DeAndre Jordan minutes. Yes, they still have LeBron, who is arguably, arguably the best player in the NBA. You've got Anthony Davis, who could be an MVP candidate. But if Westbrook doesn't learn to fit in with his team, and obviously it was a terrible preseason, and I'm not looking at that and going, well, yeah, they're going to be trash because they didn't win a game in preseason. But 
it highlighted some of the concerns you have with this roster and it played out, ex- not exactly, but pretty close to how you'd expect it to, given, or if you had those concerns, you were justified in having those concerns. Maybe that's more fair. Now, this could look stupid. They might win 55 games and LeBron and Davis just carry them and Westbrook just so- really slides into a marginal role, which is what I think he needs to do for this team to be that successful. But I'm taking a strong under at 52 and a half. Um, a strong under. But I can easily see the path for it going the other way. But you know, I've got them at 47, which people will again think that it's just too low. Uh, I just don't love that combination of players on, on this squad. Let's go to the Grizzlies. They're at 41 and a half. They're over under. I've got them bang on 500, 41 and 41. And I don't feel great about it. The Grizzlies, I think their moves they made in the offseason don't indicate to me a team that is super, super pushing for big, big wins this year. You're trading away Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams to move up in the draft signifies that you don't care as much about results this season. Now, I guess we look at it and say Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to play when he didn't last year, so that's already a big boost. But they traded away Patrick Beverly. They got in Eric Bledsoe and traded him away. Yeah, They're relying upon the development of Bain and Melton. They're probably marginalizing Kyle Anderson a little bit, who was important for them. Uh, Jar Morant can take a step forward, but maybe he doesn't. I've got him at 41 and 41, but yeah, I, I would lean 39 versus 44. Like I think it can go that direction a lot easier as they don't seem to be as as pushing as hard to make that playoff push this year. Maybe they're looking at next season as being that. They're over under 41 and a half. I would go under, but I'm only half a win under on my projection, but I'm probably, that's more of a 40, 39 win, 41, if that makes sense. Like I'd see it going down rather than going up in most cases. Let's look at the Wolves. Now, I'm pretty interested to see what they can do. They're over under 35 and a half. I understand the Wolves have been bad for a long time, and there's obviously front office upheaval already happened in this offseason. But I think they can be significantly better than 35 and a half wins. It is, of course, going to come down to, can D'Angelo Russell stay healthy? Is Towns going to play? Because he's been banged up the last two years. Can Edwards consolidate what he did at the second half of last season? But yeah, adding like a perimeter player like Patrick Beverly, I think is really important. Second year of Jaden McDaniels. Second year of Anthony Edwards. I think this is a team that pushes up much higher. They were 500 over the last 20, 25 games of last year. I think they can push to close to that level this season. And to me, that's a pretty good over. I like that over for the Wolves at 35 and a half. Let's go to the Pelicans, who's set at 38 and a half. I'll go under on this. I'm just really worried about Zion Williamson. Um... Replacing Lonzo Ball with Devontae Graham is a downgrade overall, I think. Um, Graham can be a better shooter, obviously, and a high-volume shooter, but he has a lot of inefficiencies. You're relying upon you know, you know, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, Nikhil Alexander-Walker to carry a lot from that, you know, that second layer down. And if Zion ends up missing three months, then there's just no way. Um, I don't know how long Zion's going to miss. It doesn't look great. So that, that, to me, 38 and a half... I'm going under. There's always something weird that seems to be happening with the Pelicans, and I, I will take that under on uh, on that 38 and a half win projection, or you know, where Vegas is setting that line. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem one that I'd want to I want to even consider going over. And, and I'll go under on that. Got them at 37 and 45. Tell what I've also got the best tasting protein bar ever. That is Built Bar. Whatever your favorite flavor: orange, caramel, uh, raspberry, strawberry, mint, brownie, coconut, cookies, and cream. Built Bar has delicious flavors right across the board, and they're always bringing out new ones, special edition ones. I think they've got a cookie dough one that just came out in the last day or so. But not only are these healthy bars that taste like candy bars, 
They're also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs per bar for Built Bar. And you can get all your Built Bars at 15% off by going to Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And purchasing them, 15% off. Built.com, load your card up with boxes, use the promo code LOCKED15 and save that 15%. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right. Let's move on to the next team, and we're looking at the Oklahoma City Thunder, who has a very low over-under of 22.5. Now, look at this and go, they've got Shea Gildas-Alexander. He's really good. They have got what I think is a really good coach in Mark Dagnott. They were playing well above this rate last season before Al Horford was shut down. They're also doing it on a completely unsustainable level of clutch performances. But they're also a team that doesn't necessarily have that a young draft pick star in place. Maybe you could say Shea's that player. Yeah, Shea and Giddy, maybe they can lift them here. But I think that they will be extra cautious about making sure they don't win too many games. 22.5 is a low over-under. And I could very easily see them going to 25. But I think the incentive of them staying low, especially after what happened to them last season, where, yes, you have that flat odds for the number one pick, but the more games you win, the further down you can drop. So they dropped down to six in the draft, whereas they had lost a couple more. The furthest they could have dropped was to say five or four. Yeah, that's that's the problem right with that. Not to four, sorry, to five. So I think they'll be a little bit extra cautious. They're not going to be good. They're going to get smacked in a lot of games, but they do have some interesting players in Shea and Giddy in particular and some you know good defensive perimeter guys like Lou Dort. But... You know, going over 22 and a half, it's just not going to be what they're aiming for or what they're pushing for. And I think that gives you some level of confidence to go and uh, look at the under there. Let's look at the Suns. This is ridiculous to me. Their over under is at 51 and a half. 51 and a half. Do we remember? Now, I know that you can say, oh, there was so much luck. Everyone got injured. So the Suns got to the final, which is a bit of bullshit, right? This stuff happens all the time. They won 51 games last year in a 72-game season. Now, you could say they won't go that same pace this year, and I would agree with you. But I think they'll win at least the same amount of games. They won't lose 10 extra games, I wouldn't have thought. I've got them at 56 and 26. All right, so to me, that 51.5 over-under for the Suns is nonsense. It's a clear over. They could end up with the best record in the Western Conference this season, pretty easily. Their team is basically the same. There's no Dario Saric. And he was important. But maybe Cam Johnson takes a step. Devin Booker was not the best Devin Booker we've seen. He can be better. I guess you worry a little bit about a Chris Paul injury, but that's just so low, 51, for a team that was as good as they were last season. I think that's a really strong over. The Trailblazers are at 44 and a half. Um, They didn't look good in preseason outside of the last game. It gives me a little bit of a worry. I've got them at 45 wins, so just marginally over that 44 and a half, but I don't know what Chauncey Billups is as a coach yet. I think they can get more out of Nurkic than they got last season. Hopefully, CJ McCollum doesn't break his foot. Hopefully, we get something different defensively going on with Larry Nance there and a new coach and a new scheme and system involved. So it gives me some level of faith, but it's still really in that mix with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, all those guys who are squished into the middle of that Western Conference playoff picture. I can see Portland being, and the Warriors as well, Portland being squished into that zone as well. Let's look at the Kings. There it's 36 and a half. Now, much like the Timberwolves, I think they can improve this year. And they did put together some okay performances down the stretch. They also had a couple of nine-game losing streaks, which is horrendous. And they've got one of the worst coaches in the NBA with Luke Walton. 
But I think Fox can elevate this year. We've got a second year of Tyrese Halliburton. You've got some defense being brought in with Davion Mitchell. You've got more center depth instead of Hassan Whiteside. You've got Tristan Thompson and Alex Len, who are both better than Whiteside. You've got Holmes hopefully taking a step forward. Um, yeah, there is some hope that maybe, maybe they could be a 40-win team. I, I do think they can go over that 36.5. I've got them at 37. I'm not supremely confident in betting that one. But I do think they can go over the 36.5 and, and be a, an improved season for the Sacramento Kings, which would be great. The Spurs... They're over under 29 and a half. And I look at their team and go, Jesus Christ, it's not good. There's no star player on this squad. But I also look at them and go, they've got a really good defense. Jakob Pertl, one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. DeJounte Murray and Derek White, maybe the best defensive backcourt in the entire NBA. And Keldon Johnson and Doug McDermott on the wings and, and the forward spots, and that's not particularly good. That young, awesome defender. So if they play him, he's a piece there. Devin Vassell, really good defender. They've got really good defense. And I think that's going to keep them in games. Now, if you get some development from Murray and White, Devin Vassell steps up a bit. You've got some shooting with Bryn Forbes. They can be a little bit better than what my initial expectation thought. So I've got them pegged at 30 wins. I wouldn't want to bet the over there. And things would go completely wrong with this team because, again, they don't have that star power or significant depth. But I am thinking they can go 30 and 52 here in this one. And then lastly, much like the Phoenix Suns, the Utah Jazz is projected too low. 53 and a half, the Jazz are. What's different about the Jazz this season than last year? They do, they bring in Rudy Gay to replace George Yang. They bring in Hassan Whiteside to replace Derek Favors. Not saying Whiteside's particularly good, but at least he gives some rim protection. They won 52 games last year in that 72-game season. So they can they should beat... They could win 60 games this year. They could have the best record in the NBA easily. Nothing's changed with this squad. Donovan Mitchell might be better. Yes, Ingles... And Conley, these guys are older. Bogdanovich has got that sore shoulder, but he was messed up to begin last year. And it took him three months to get right. Gobert's the best defensive player in the NBA. It, that's a strong over to me. I've got him at 57 wins. They could easily win 60. If they won 53, I would be pretty surprised. So I think that's an over there for the Jazz. Now, let's go and have a look at play-in slash play-off projections. Um, for the play-in, I think at the seven seed, I'm going to have... Well, no, I think I do know. I'm going to have the Clippers at seven, the Warriors at eight, the Grizzlies at nine, and the Wolves at 10 to push into that playoff or play-in scenario. Now, I think the Grizzlies and the Wolves, I reckon the Wolves might knock the Grizzlies off there in that 9-10 matchup. That would be close. Clippers-Warriors, I think the Warriors might beat the Clippers. And then you'd have the Warriors versus, let's say, the Wolves. And I think the Warriors would end up... Um, sorry, the Clippers, uh, the Warriors in, and then you have the Clippers versus the Wolves. And I think the Clippers would probably get that over. So I, I do think that the Warriors and the Clippers will make it. But that's how I've got the play-in going. Uh, the 7, 8, 9, 10, Clippers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Wolves. In terms of the rest of the playoff seeding, I've got the Jazz in the one slot, the Suns at two, and then it just becomes everyone within like a game or two. The Mavericks at three, the Nuggets at four, the Lakers at five, and the Blazers at six. And people will be absolutely killing me. Ah, oh, the Lakers at five, what are you talking about? It's like a one or two game difference there. So they could easily be at three. The Lakers could be at one. The Mavericks could be at one. The Nuggets could be at two. I don't think the Blazers are really quite in that same mix. But that's how, you know, with how my win projections looked, that's how I've got those um, those playoff games looking at this point. Guys, that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe down below. Leave your comments. Guys, 
we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.